All right, I got a few questions. Uh, oh, gosh. All right. Uh, should I step uh, out of the I'm room? Excited. You guys are like the yin and the yang of sports talk. <laughs> you know I'm a basketball guy. I love basketball season. Everything Why? is amazing. I'm on the owner's radar. It's never good. Not fun. I'm a little surprised you agreed to do this knowing that Paulie's part of the show. He's bound to do something every show that just makes no sense at all. <laughs> Buddy, open look at a three. Got it. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Pauly Sebelia. I'm Stephen Fonte as we welcome you into a Monday edition of Orange Nation. A lot to get to on the show today. We're going to talk a lot of Q's hoops. We're going to talk a lot of Super Bowl with you. We've got Adrian Autry coming up at 12.30. Liz Habib, who was out in L.A. for the Super Bowl, she's coming your way at 2.15. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls at any time at 315-437-7644. There were some other things that happened this weekend. Lacrosse season got underway. Uh, men and women both with uh, very impressive and is dominating debuts. Yet? It is. It is. The answer is yes to that question, Paulie. I've never had to ask that. That's going to be the new thing. Is it basketball season yet? How about is it lacrosse season? And it is. Um, and we can talk about that. And we can talk about SU women uh, bouncing back. Tisha Hyman hitting a game-winning shot. Uh, but we begin, of course, with the men. And you were you were there. You were in the house. That's why you there. weren't on the show on Friday. Uh, you got to see it up close and personal. I, I thought Frank played very well. Um, you know, no Jesse. Frank came in and he filled in nicely. Fifteen rebounds, had six points. They didn't lose because Jesse wasn't out there. Um, See, and I'm going to be a hypocrite on what I said last time. It w- I, I think it was why they lost. You think if Jesse played, they win the game? I don't know that, but the offense would have been a lot better. You know, right. That's Frank, what I was going to say. They, they, they lost the game because the offense This is just not wasn't there, a shot at yeah. Frank. Yeah. But I really think Jesse opened up the offense a lot over the no four-game winning streak. No doubt. And I... And I didn't think it was going to be that big of an issue, and I watched that game, and Syracuse's offense stalled again. It was that offense that we get, it drives fans nuts. Yeah, I mean, we saw a similar performance against Pittsburgh, though, uh, in the second meeting. So is it is it Jesse, or is it, you know, this team has games like that where, I mean, Cole went back to, you know, Cole had the, the blistering streak of four straight games. You know, Cole goes... Four for 13 from the field, and again, essentially was two for 11 because he made the first basket and the last basket, which was meaningless, and he was two for 11 in the middle, and he went 0 for 5 from three-point range. Um, when it's just Buddy and Joe, this team's going to struggle. But do you not think Jesse No, I, I think he did. Makes it easier Je- for Cole? Yes. I'm saying Jesse was on the floor, though, for the pit game, and we saw a similar performance. I understand what you're saying. He was Cole, on the floor the whole season, three, right, up until this last Right. Season. Cole got some good looks. Cole, Cole did not shoot well. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I have a hard time taking that. I mean, they lost the game by 12. I have a hard time taking the leap saying if Jesse's on the floor, they would have won. I didn't say that. I think they would have played yes. better. Right. The defense would have been better, and I think the offense would have been more open. Because, you know, what? Yes. You can't There's take no away doubt. what I mean, Jesse's he's been a, doing. He's a starter for a reason. Like, yeah. you, you obviously miss him. I, I guess what I'm saying is. And I is, also agree with you. Frank. Frank played was really, right. Frank you played really well. Yes. I mean, like that. If 50 you, rebounds is not easy. Right. If you told us before the game, that's what you're going to get out of Frank. Is it what Jesse does? No, obviously. And Jesse's a better finisher around the rim, and he's he's got the pick and roll game, and and some of that comes with how much he's played. Um, th- there's no doubt the pick and roll works a lot smoother 
when Jesse's on the floor. And Jesse's more of a threat than Frank is when he's rolling to the a basket. A lot smoother. It's not it's not existent. Like well, it's they, not they, even they a still threat. Did, they still did a pick and roll. They just there there's know, no role. You, you saw Virginia Tech blitz the yeah. you know the whoever had the ball because, and, yeah, there's no and they're role. not giving it up. Well, there was a role. It's just you're, you're there's no you're not, role. You're not giving it up. The pick is there. The role right. is not. When the Jesse's role is in, not an option. There, yes. They, <laughs> the they role rolled. Is, it's just not an option. So Yes, I mean that that is that's something they were missing. Outside of that, I thought Frank played really well. It's like lunch. You if you're having a, a Thanksgiving. Yeah. Everything's there but the roll, you're still going to be disappointed. Right. Right. Everybody likes a good roll. Yes, especially me. Um <laughs> So in any event, Frank played really well. Yeah, um they they didn't shoot it well enough and then, you know, they they go through these stretches um, and we've seen it throughout the season, and unfortunately they hit a stretch where they tie the game at 54, and then they hit one of those stretches where they didn't score for six minutes, and Virginia Tech's able to pull away and, and win the game. They also held Virginia Tech to 71 points, which, you know, in any other... Defense like, was not the problem. Yeah, like, yeah, like... Defense was not the problem. Um, it's yeah. it, it was on the offensive end where, uh, again... Joe scored 16, but it took him 14 shots. Buddy scored 21, but it took him 19 shots. And, though, you know, they needed to take those shots. Like, yes. I'm not saying they should have taken less shots. They needed to because they were the only two guys scoring. And, you know, Jimmy hit two threes early and then kind of disappeared. Cole was struggling with a shot the whole game, and obviously not having Jesse there, it was it was big. You know, again, I don't know if they win the game if he's out there or not. I, you're, I agree with you that they would have looked better and played better, and it would have been, I, I think – he certainly makes a difference. He's in the starting lineup for a reason. I just don't know if if we can say, well, if Jesse was out there, they definitely won a one. I don't know that. I thought defensively, for the most part, you know, they played good enough defense to win the game. It was more so on the other end that that let them down. Yeah, and they kind of just said, if Virginia Tech's going to beat us, they're going to beat us with two point shots and not threes, and they did. You know, it, it, you would have hoped that defensively, you know. Frank did great rebounding, but you don't know how how Jesse may have played differently when they were uh, getting the ball to mutts and he was sure. picking. Well, see, and that, that's just it too is that you know they they were daring him to make a play, and he did. I mean, he yeah. he he was you know Jesse's probably not giving him as long to to pick you apart. Whereas it was kind of like Frank was. And it, it seems like that was the game plan, is that it was, you know, dare him to shoot that shot, dare him to make a play from there, and he he did. I mean, time and time again, they just picked they picked apart the zone from the high post. The, and I, I guess we could ask Coach Beheim about this on Thursday when he's on the show. It, I don't think I've ever seen him yell at players to stay back more than I did in this game. Just stay back. Like, I don't – and I don't know what the game plan was, but – it seemed like, hey, if we lose to Mutz, it's going to be that we'll we'll accept it. Right. You you know what they do well going into the game. I mean, they shot better than forty two percent from three, and they were beating teams with their outside shooting. And it's again, it's it's kind of pick your poison. And the the strategy worked. Like the way that they defended worked. Yeah. I mean, they scored seventy one, but a lot of those are free throws at the end. I mean, that game was played really in the low sixties, to be honest with you. Here's Coach Beheim's thoughts on, on Mutz. We can take Mutz right out of the game, but we can't win the game doing that. We have to let him and Lima, they're going to score. Couture was 9 for 10 the last game I saw him play from the three, and he was 3 for 10. 
Padula was six for six. He's one for four. And Lillian is one for four. Now, we, we, we gambled that we're going to take away the three. We, we started out wrong the first part of the game. We didn't do that. It was really bad defensive mistakes in our forward position. But after that, Couture's three, threes. After that, they were five for 24. And that's what we had to do to try to win the game. So that explains it. Yeah, I, again, the, the strategy was sound. Like, they defensively, they did what they needed to do to give themselves a chance to win the game. It's 54-54 with six minutes left or whatever. It's 6.56 to go. Buddy ties it at 54. And then Syracuse doesn't score again until 50 seconds left in the game. More than six minutes went by without a single point. Not even field goal. They didn't score a point. That's where they lost the game. Um, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a defense. And remember, Syracuse had the ball. Tied at 54. Then Buddy got the ball stripped. They go down alley-oop, and then that sparked the run for Virginia Tech, and Syracuse couldn't answer. 315-437-7644. Let's go to the phone lines. Tim and Eastwood kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Tim. Hey, guys. Uh, Just a quick comment. I thought Jesse would have made a difference. It would open things up uh, more inside to make the outside game better. But another thing is those referees swallowed the whistle on the Syracuse end. There were a couple times where Frank got absolutely mauled at the rim and didn't get the call. And, um, you know, plus Teddy Valentine overruled the one out-of-bounds play where he was on the other side of the court and they had no view of the, the referee that was five feet from where it happened. And uh, I'm not saying it would have made a difference, but I thought Virginia Tech only being called for four fouls in the second half was a complete joke. All right, thanks. All right, appreciate checking in, Tim. Um, yeah, as soon as he said refs, I the first thing that popped in my head was Frank. He did. Frank got fouled a couple times that they didn't call it. Um, you look at the the numbers, Virginia Tech 17 for 21 from the free throw line, Syracuse 1 for 4. Uh, now, some of that is the way Syracuse plays. Like, Syracuse isn't driving to the basket and drawing contact as much as Virginia Tech is. But, you know, to Tim's point, there was certainly a discrepancy. Coach Sadlin on the broadcast said something I found interesting, too. and he, He's a guy who worked with refs a lot. He was head of the officials for the A-10 for a while. He said, for a star player, Buddy Beheim does not get a lot of calls. You know, did he say why? No, he did. He no, he, like that's kind of what he was questioning. He's like, I don't know why, but Buddy Beheim does not yeah. get a lot of calls. Like players have hands on him yes. all the time. If they don't call it, and I don't know what it is, and I'm not a blame the ref guy, but it's noticeable. Yeah. It's noticeable that he does not get calls. And 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 let let's be honest here. Um, there were a couple bad calls both ways. Like Syracuse had a couple of. It was a poorly officiated. Game. It, it was. I mean, there were a couple breaks that you know looked like the ball went off of Syracuse and they gave it to Syracuse. Yes. There, there was there were a couple of those as well. A couple of head scratching calls both ways. To be honest with you, so I do think that that kind of evens out. I know that people will look at the at the fouls and the free throw numbers, and you know, kind of it it does make you raise your eyebrow. Some of it, though, I think is explained by the way that Syracuse plays compared to the way Virginia Tech plays. But, but the zone tech usually doesn't put you in a foul issue, right? But if you're if you're in a, a team that's attacking, you're gonna generally speaking, you're gonna draw more fouls. Or if you're fast breaking a lot, and Syracuse doesn't attack off the dribble a ton, like going to the basket. Um, 
So, I mean, it can be, but again, four free throws, that's. Here's Coach Beheim on the discrepancy. Our offense, our game plan was drive, get to the foul line, and uh, they didn't call any. So what can I say? 21 free throws to four. There's no way to account for that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, does, it makes you raise an eyebrow. Um, no doubt about it. But again, they were, they were right there. It's, it's hard to, you know, we, we say, well, Jesse wasn't there and the fouls and, and all that. Syracuse was right there with all of that. And as good as Virginia Tech is from the outside, it was a tie game with 6.50 to go. And, and I got one just, more ref thing. For yeah, you. go no, ahead. I, just, how, like, I don't know if Ted, what his, he's obviously a good ref because they keep bringing him back. His antics on the court, like he instigates coaches. Like, how does Ted Valentine keep getting gigs? <laughs> you know? I mean, somebody must like him. Yeah, like he clear. I'm sure they grade them after every yeah. game, and he clearly must be good at. It, but just his antics on the court. Yeah, are, it's it, it. Yeah, the theatrics. It's uh, it's interesting. I I think uh, I think Syracuse fans are over it. He goes out of his way to like get in. And this isn't just a like. It feels like he's overly talkative to the coaches. Like yeah. sometimes I feel like the coaches right there. Like he talks, to, talks down to them a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like, and it's both sides. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get how he keeps getting gigs. Yeah. He's very demonstrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they call him TV Teddy for a reason, right? All right. Let's take a timeout. Phone lines are open. If you want to check in three, one, five, four, three, seven, 76, 44. Can we talk a hot topic? Well, let's do a tease here. Well, let's talk a hot topic all season. Yeah. I Thanks. know where you're going with this. We'll talk about that on the other side. Back after this on ESPN radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. Stephen Pauly back with you here on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644. You mentioned during the break, Pauly, it was um, it was your tease to our listeners that you wanted to talk about a uh, a hot topic of discussion on the other side. So, yeah, have at it. Yeah, and, and I talked about this with Eric and Chris, and um, I tend not to read Twitter during the uh, the games, but I was tagged in a couple things, and someone called Coach Beheim a liar and uh, a hypocrite for yanking uh, one Benny Williams after three minutes of the game because on our show he said, that he only pulls him after one mistake. And I tend to not think that uh, missing a shot is a mistake, and Coach has said that's not a mistake, but he got yanked three minutes in to uh, to his uh, run, and it was after they ran a play coming out of the timeout for him, and he missed the dunk, and then was clearly lost on the inbounds play. And I feel like, not knowing where you are when one when your offense is running a play is is a pullable offense, whether it's one or two. There are certain things that are non-negotiable. You know, one of them is effort on defense, certainly. And you got to know um, the offense. You got to know the offense. I mean, they're, they're 25 games in, and for him to not know the out-of-bounds play, and Buddy was trying to help him out. I mean, for three of the five seconds, Buddy's waving him through, like... <laughs> And and Benny, you know, stood there, you know, led to a five second violation. Um, in three minutes, he, you know, again is 
is a missed shot a mistake? No, but it, you know the, he should be able to convert the dunk. I mean, it was missed a dunk, like you said. Okay, you can overlook that. The not it was the, overlooked, right? The not knowing the play that there's not really an excuse for that. And if he misunderstood and was thought he had heard the other play, then you're not. And Chris Joseph said this. People should really watch the the Devo show. Like Chris Joseph said, if he misunderstood what play they were running, he's not locked in. That means you're not you're right. not focused if you were running a different play than everybody else. Right. And you know, we we did discuss this on the post game show. Uh, you know, I, I had Eric Devendorf on Saturday, and we did get a call about the, you know, play more Benny. And I I understood the argument and the case being made early in the season. At this stage, I don't really understand. Like based on what we've seen. What leads anybody to think that he deserves more time? And I I almost feel like if he could just hit a shot, it might change his whole outlook and mentality and things would go flow for him. He can't catch a break. Yeah, this is true. Like, I don't think he's scored since January. It's been a month since he's made a basket. His last basket, I'm looking right now, was the Wake Forest game at Wake. January 8th. It's been more than a month since he's made a basket. That's one, three, four, five, six, ten. That's 12 straight shots. And like he's had a dunk. He's had a couple of jumpers go halfway down. And he's, he's 0 for 12 since then in the last month. 0 for 12 from the field. Um, I mean, he's had a few free throws here and there. But it... it and I, again, I, I said this on Saturday. Like, I want him to be good. I, everybody does. Everybody wants him to be good. It's just, it's not happening for him this year. And if you get to a stage, and, and see, that's just it. Like, this team, you know, we can say, well, if you get to a stage where, you know, the NCAA tournament is is off the table. Like, th- this team is going to try to win games regardless of what the record, you know, and, and that that's that's their outlook. Is they're they're going to go out and try to win the next one. Mm-hmm. And so if that's your argument that, well, he should play just because the season's over, like that doesn't mean he earned extra time. Like right now for people to say like he deserves more time based on what, what is he? And I'm, I'm not coming after him. Like I, he's got a lot of potential. He, you know, I said this on Saturdays, like I know fans are frustrated, but if you're deciding between like him and Cole Swider, for instance, you just saw Cole Swider make 74% of his threes in a four game stretch. And yeah, he didn't shoot the ball all that great. Uh, on Saturday, obviously, but who gives you the better the better chance to win that particular game? Is it more Benny or more Cole? And you hope that you know you hope some of the shots go down. And you don't know what coach's plans were prior to him not running the inbound play correctly. Right. It may have been, hey, we're gonna we're gonna ride Benny for ten minutes here. You don't know that. And I just found like if you can't run the inbounds play, it's Kind of an issue. It's a tough situation for and it's everybody. It's got to be involved. tough for Benny, right? It's it's that's what I was gonna say. It's a tough situation for everybody. It's obviously tough for Benny. It's got to be tough for the coaches. I mean, you feel for the kid, and you hope that he's here next year. But I, you can't coach, in my opinion, you can't coach based on next year. Well, we got to give him some minutes, or you know, he might leave. Like he he needs to earn his minutes. He when he's out there, he's got to do something. This is big boy basketball. You know, it's Power Five, ACC. Like when you're out there, you got to do something, and. It just it it just hasn't been happening for him, right? So anyway, 
but the the other frustrating thing is, is you can see it. You can just and I don't know if it's just because of the current team, but the athleticism in that kid, you can see it. Like yeah. when he's on the court, he's just grabbing rebounds and that dunk, he was so high. Like right, it, it, like and it, you're you're right, and you're insane. He can't catch a break. Like yeah. he's had a few rattle in and out on him, and um, it just seems like he, things are going wrong, and it snowballed to the point where. Again, I don't want to speak for him, but I would imagine his confidence is shaken. Like I, I don't think? know, I don't know yeah. how it can't be. I, mine is shaken for him, right? I, like know. I feel bad. Like when he comes in, I'm like, oh man, I just just hope, want him to make a hope shot. things don't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate, and and you hope things turn around. And as you said, you know, something good is bound to happen to him. Um, right. It just it it's been a rough month. And like, if you looked at Virginia Tech, like that would have been the team to, like, out athlete, you know, and especially when no Jesse as well, yeah. you know, like, you, you need you needed a you needed a spark, and then you felt bad for Barama because he followed three fouls in four minutes, yeah, so and with all that, it was a tie game with six fifty to go. These guys try, yeah, you know, word of that, like <laughs> they're trying. They play hard, but it is what it is. I'm just a cliche. It is what it is, Steve. So 13 and 12, 7 and 7 That's, in conference. You are what your record says you are. Yep. And, you know, you you assume, and maybe we shouldn't assume, but you assume they're going to get these next two. You can't assume anything with this. Team. No, I know. I'm 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 just saying like we if I said who's going to be you know Syracuse or BC in the dome Syracuse Georgia Tech in the dome like you would assume Syracuse is going to win those games like that would be your prediction you would predict yes. that Syracuse is going to win those games that gets you to 15 and 12 then you're going to have to win at least one in that last stretch to finish above 500 <sighs> Yeah you're sighing we'll talk to coach Autry about it we will We've got some sound, too, from Coach Bayham that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, I know we played a little bit, but we've got more. We'll get to that, certainly, as the show moves along. Adrian Autry joins us on the other side. Uh, the team off this week, not in action until Saturday. And this may be good for Frank and Barama also to get practice reps, you know, before going into it. Like, they kind of just got thrown to the wolves. Yeah, and I and Frank handled it very well. Yes. Um it does feel like the you, you feel know, like you're like I understand the coaches had. Do you feel like you're out of answers right now too? Like I kind of feel like I'm out of answers. Yeah, and it, I was just gonna say it feels like uh, uh, the the wind has been taken out of their sails, right? They 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 had the four in the row, and then you knew you had BC and Georgia Tech. Like if they if they just gotten that piece of the puzzle on Saturday, could be talking about a seven game winning streak going into that last stretch. You could be talking about you know things getting interesting again and. It was just kind of a gut punch. Tie game with 6.50 to go, and then, you know, Virginia Tech wins by double. Free press says, I don't think we'll see much of Sidibe. You know, like, I think you'll see 15 minutes out of him. I just think he completely was taken out of the flow by fouling so quickly. I yeah. think the intention was to use him more. Yeah. But they well, they said, they said he, I mean, Jim Bam said his radio show, right? 15 yeah. to 20 minutes. Yeah. So, so we'll see. All right. Adrian Autry joins us next on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. 
This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Stephen Pauly with you up until 2 o'clock, and then Alex Sims will uh, join Pauly for hour number three. Phone lines open all of hour number two at 315-437-7644. You were right, Pauly. Yes, I was... Uh... Steve and I were watching a phone call get uh, screened by one Jordan Capozzi, Capozzi, however you say it. Uh, I've only known the kid for years. Don't know how to say his last name, but I bet it was Scooter because they were were gabbing a lot. And you were right. Yes. You were right. So let's uh, kick off our number two with... uh, A super caller. Yeah. Scooter in Jamesville. Uh, Scooter, you had me sold on uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, over 63 yeah. and a half yards, and it was looking yeah. really good until he uh, oh, popped his uh, yeah. knee. It's, you, know, that's, you know, that's the act of the guys. I feel sorry for Beckham, obviously, personally. I mean, uh, first of all. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he's, he's going over to 63. Come on, guys. I mean, if you, think, if you think Jesse was the reason why they Syracuse didn't beat Virginia Tech, you got to wonder – with Beckham, only need eleven yards. I mean, I can you can wonder. I mean, he already he had, he had two for two, he already had two for fifty two. Yeah. Why why he's running a short out pattern when they couldn't stop him long? I'm still kind of confused. I was kind of confused about the play calling, the whole the whole game for the Rams. I mean, I think I think that last drive actually pulled the uh, the, the head coaches let's uh, play bacon out of the fire because they're trying to establish the run the whole game. And if you look at their totals. I think the two longest runs actually could have been Stratford about seven or eight and Cup on the fourth down. And they had three possessions at midfield in the third quarter, maybe the start of the fourth. And they ran on clutch situations. And to me, you brought Stratford in for the reason. You got Cup. I know Beckman's out of there, but it's amazing how Cup gets open on the last drive when everybody knows where the ball's going. You know, we're, how, come, how can you at least didn't attempt it, you know, basically targeting them the, the whole way? But. You know, it was, it was an interesting game. Uh, uh, in game betting, I don't think you guys that are actually were doing in game betting, but that was pretty interesting too. Yeah, uh, I I got in on it. Toward, I got in on it on the second half and was able the Rams to win, plus two and a half. Oh, oh, you're talking about the line? No, because you. I was on DraftKings oh, last night. You can actually do some props, like live game oh, props, okay. yeah. which was it would be like you know what's the what's the result of this drive going to be? A punt, a touchdown, a field goal, a right. turnover. So I got in on a little bit of that and, and made a little bit of money that way. But it, I mean, it was fun. It was a different experience for me, yeah. you know, experiencing the Super Bowl with the mobile betting. It was fun. Can I hit something but, else on the Super Bowl? They need to have New York, the officials, on call the whole game. No matter what the call is, they need to fix it. That off that offensive face mask to get the Bengals a touchdown, you know, you, you can't let that happen in the Super Bowl. Like they ring the ref and throw a flag, you know. But you know, that's it's it, again, and we've discussed this. That's that is non-reviewable. So change it, right? I yeah, mean, like, but in the Super Bowl, like just get everything right. Just tell the ref, bu- buzz him in his ear, throw a flag. Just say it. Just throw the flag quick. <laughs> right. You missed it. Throw the flag. <laughs> You know, you know, you know, I got nervous, guys, because I took Stafford, uh, Stafford over four and a half yards rushing. So he actually had the longest run for most of the game. He was up to eight. And, of course, when you take the knee, they subtract two yards off. You. Right, right. So, so he got down to six and a half. And I'm thinking, okay, that since he, which makes no sense to me, why not call the timeout? Anything can happen, especially this year, for, you know, 
I mean, anything can go, and you can drop the you can drop it. All you need is a field goal anyway, and they don't they don't call. I said, thank God, at least I got something back for Beckham. But I thought the best bet. And I and I, I, I took it. In fact, I, I think I mentioned on, uh, on for you guys or the X Men show was the sacks. Yeah. I mean, the over under was only three early on the Rams by themselves, in total of five if you combine both teams. So I said, this is nuts. I mean, if Tennessee can do nine nine against them, why can't you know why, why can't even the Rams do seven by themselves? So I got you know, I got some of money back from there. But you're right, Beckham. Uh, let's put it this way: uh, I've taken the whole crew, including all the interns, out there, and you guys to surf and turf. But Beckham didn't. Uh, it went over sixty-three because I also caused the over probably twenty-six and a half, which I had. Sure. He scored twenty-three, and the and the other one was it just I guess tells my day. First half over under total Rams thirteen. <laughs> And so the guy can't hold the, you know, the guy, you know, they, they, yeah, they dropped the snap. That's the, the extra point, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was a fun game. You know, the guys, you know, sometimes are with you or with you. But the, the, the end game is where you go, guys. In fact, you could have gotten 53 and a half for a total when it was 20 to 13. I took the under. I said, I, I'd be honest, I didn't think Cincinnati was going to score anymore, and they didn't. But uh, so I took the under to kind of back up uh, my total for twenty six and a half because 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 the Rams still could have gotten twenty six and a half without that not going over fifty three and a half. So sure. yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. But you know, you know, betting, betting games that's where you know, that's where the uh, that's where the fun starts. I yeah. I had reached my limit for gambling. I'm I'm a disciplined gambler, so I didn't have in game money to bet. But Joe Burrow getting over eight and a half yards cost me. Uh, two legs in two different parlays. So he ran all over the Chiefs. Ran all over them. Didn't move, leave the pocket in this game. Well, Stafford, like I said, I, I just took it because I think it's one scramble, and, I, and that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate you checking in, Scooter. Um, Claudia was right, by the way. She was all about the Cam Akers under, you know, whatever. I, I saw it by game time. It was down to 59 and a half rushing yards. I think when she mentioned it, it was like 65 and a half rushing yards. Um, that number kept coming down, but she was she was spot on with that. I mean, he didn't even sniff 60 yards. Is this what we do now, Steve? Is this us? Is well, this what we are? I yeah. don't know. It's I mean, you know, he called in to talk gambling. So we had a but gambling that, expert like, on last week. That's all we text. Like, normally yeah, we would be texting, hey, that was a great catch by uh, right. Chase. No. No, all we texted about was, I need three yards out of this guy. I yeah. need a touchdown out of this guy. Guess who just scored the first touchdown and I I won a boatload of money on, Steve? You yeah. Know? Yeah, that was, uh, that was a nice way for the game to start. I, I used one of my uh, one of my free bets on uh, OBJ to catch the first touchdown. So that was that was four hundred bucks right off the right off the bat. So that was that was nice. That's uh, I think we've actually got the call, or I could be wrong. No, we do according to our rundown. Oh, there it is, Kevin Harlan on the call from the seventeen yard line of the Bengals. Alone in the shotgun with five wide. There's the snap. They rush four. There's a line drive throw near side. Leaping two-handed, falling down, catch in the end zone. Caught for the Ram touchdown. Odell Beckham Jr. near side of the end zone. Leaping high, bringing it down. So Kim and I did some of the prop bets, and I showed her beforehand, mm-hmm. and I showed her the list of them, and I, I said, how much do you want to spend? She's like, well, why don't we each do like $50? So I, It's a big unit. 
Well, no, not on oh, per oh, bed. Overall. It was like right, yeah, gotcha. just to, so I let I gave her the list and I I walked away and she picked like a bunch of stuff. She she bet on like I don't know nine different things and you know five dollars here or whatever. You've created a monster, right? I like it. So you know I bet on a couple things as well, but I didn't tell her what I bet on. And she had like the list. Like I I told her to write it down. I said write down write down what you bet on, how much you did, just so we can keep track of it. We don't have to keep going to the app. So on the first drive, so one of the things she she bet on the coin toss, and she bet that the Rams were going to win the coin toss, and she bet tails. So she was devastated. Like it was like five dollars. She was devastated when the coin toss came and went, and it was heads and it was Bengals. And I was like, oh, first ever bet. Like she was really upset about it. Well, the next thing she had was Rams score the first touchdown. So they're driving, and I know I've got OBJ to you know, but I didn't tell her that. Just in case it wasn't right, I didn't want her to think like I wasted a free bet on that. So anyway, she's all excited because they score, and you know she won like twelve fifty, and I was like, we just won four hundred dollars. She's like, what? Like, yeah, we won four hundred dollars. So we won like four hundred twelve dollars because OBJ scored that first touchdown. So that was a, that was a nice way for the game to start. There was one more important touchdown. If you are a Rams fan, last year. it'll be second and goal, and they break huddle. Acres in the backfield. And the quarterback Stafford is under center. The 15th play of this drive coming up. Down by four. Stafford, receivers in tight. He gets the snap. He cocks his arm. He throws a pass. Caught with the leap. Belt high. Far side of the end zone. Touchdown cup. The Rams have taken the lead. The Rams have taken the lead. It, it was it was a remarkable drive for a lot of reasons. Obviously, the, the pressure, the situation, and you know everything on the line. It was remarkable in that as well that everybody knew their their only chance was if Cooper Cup got hot, right? And with no Odell Beckham Jr. on the field, the Bengals were double teaming him, triple like they were they were making sure that they were on. I mean, they blanketed Cooper Cup all game long. He went into that last drive with only like fifty two receiving yards, and they they just found. I mean, he just found a way to get open. Stafford found a way to get him the ball. And I know that there were a couple of you know penalties there at the end, but he does that to you. Like he he's he's that good. Um, and I know some people were upset by the hold on third down. I don't know. I mean, I didn't have a dog in the fight. I thought it was a penalty. I mean, I, I thought too. I thought he definitely grabbed him. I can understand why Bengals. Like if you're a Bengals fan, I get why you would be like, well, it wasn't super egregious. He, I mean, he held him. Um, but we don't make calls that late in the game, right, Steve? Right. You had to make that one. You, you had, that, he, he did. It, it was it was it was a penalty. Okay, it was I a just penalty. need to know when the official can make the call at the end of a game and when he can't, Steve. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. <laughs> that was a penalty. That was we wrote, literally fought about this. For, I know. I know. It's got to rise to a certain level. And it's it's the subjective. Super Bowl? Yeah, no, I'm saying that that he, it rose to the level for me. That was a penalty. Okay, I'm okay with the flag. And I had no doubt. I was okay. I was okay with it too, but I just want to make sure that you're following your own rules of when it's okay to call a penalty in a you, game. You don't want the refs to decide. The refs didn't decide that. I mean, it, you know, they still had to punch it in and they did. And um, it was, I thought it was an entertaining game. You didn't seem to. It was kind of a boring game to yeah, me. I don't know. I liked it. Maybe it was because I, I thought was, the whole thing was. Uh, maybe it was because I was invested. Double meaning. I was, I was invested in the game. I was invested too. That's like. But it, it like there was it wasn't like the Rams just kept running and three and out. It was the the end of the game was exciting. I think everybody. I, I, do we want to do the next segment where we just break down the other stuff that happened in the Super Bowl? 
because it was supposed yeah, to... Yeah, we can, we can save that. We can save that. Because um, I... I'm, this isn't all like I liked the the Super Bowl show, but it just wasn't like it it wasn't as great as everybody made it out to be as social media. Fair enough. Well, why don't we take a time out here then, and we'll come right. back. We'll talk what talk commercials. We'll talk uh, halftime halftime show. show. We'll talk all the the storylines surrounding uh, the win for the Rams and some of the of what went on after the game, uh, which was interesting. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Time out here. Uh, back after this on ESPN Radio.